In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear canon, my dear sisters, dear members of the Society of the Sacred Heart, dear faithful, we are all here to affirm a mystery of our faith. By your Easter communion, you reaffirm the promises of your baptism that you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, that you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was born into this world and who suffered for us. You believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. In this we follow the teaching of St. Paul, who tells us, I delivered unto you, speaking to his flock, first of all, which also I received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures, that he was seen by Cephas and after that by the eleven. Then he was seen by more than 500 brethren at once, of whom many remain until this day and some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James and then all the apostles. The introit of this Mass of Easter Day recalls that before the risen Christ appeared to any one of his creatures, yes, even before he appeared to his most blessed mother, he spoke to God the Father at the very moment of his resurrection. In that eternal conversation, which is the Holy Trinity. I am risen, and I am still with thee. This is the voice of Christ foretold 1,000 years before by his father David, the same voice we have heard through the psalmist, through the entire, throughout the entire mystery of Christ's life on earth, which is recalled so hauntingly throughout the ceremonies of Holy Week. For first David spoke, The Lord said to me, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. Then the kings of Tarsus and the island shall offer presents. Kings of the Arabians of Saba shall bring gifts. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord hath sworn, and he shall not repent. Thou art a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. But then, he who ate my bread hath laid a snare for me. The princes of the land have come together against the Lord and against his Christ. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? All who pass by mock me, saying, He trusted in God, let him save him now. They divide my raiment among them. For my vesture they cast lots. They have pierced my hands and my feet. They have numbered all my bones. Into thy hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, nor wilt thou let thy holy one see corruption. I am risen and am still with thee. Affirming these truths does indeed require faith. To believe in God who is almighty, but also a loving father. To believe that he is one God and three divine persons. To believe that the second person of that blessed trinity 
True God, like the other two persons, took flesh from a virgin and became true man. To believe that Jesus Christ, true God and true man, won back for us by his passion and death, grace, and eternal life we have lost by sin. To believe that if we belong to Jesus Christ by his church and sacraments and persevere in his grace, we will rise again glorious at the end of the world and have eternal life. All this is beyond the reach of human reason alone. It must come to us by hearing and be accepted by a mind and will aided by grace. But we must never forget that we are also recalling today the greatest event of history. Jesus of Nazareth lived and taught, was crucified under Pontius Pilate, died and was buried. Three days later, his tomb was found empty. He was seen alive after his death by numerous independent witnesses. And for the next 300 years, people all over the known world laid aside wealth and reputation, honor, health, and life to proclaim that Jesus Christ is truly risen. How do you explain history if not by proclaiming resurrexit secret dixit? None of us were there to see it, but none of us are fools for believing it. What have we on our side of the argument? We have the testimony of Jesus Christ himself, who foretold his resurrection, appeared to his disciples, and who speaks on through his church, spouse of the new Adam, who came forth from his pierced side while he was asleep on the cross. We have the mission of the apostles, most especially the conversion of the persecutor of the church, St. Paul, the martyrdom of St. Stephen, and after him millions of others in the first centuries of Christianity alone, countless men and women who had nothing in this world to gain and everything to lose by insisting on the truth of the resurrection. We have what has been famously presented as the silent witness, the Holy Shroud of Turin, which the closest scientific scrutiny has established to be a 2,000-year-old negative photographic image of a th six-foot man in his 30s, scourged by two Roman guards, crowned with thorns, crucified within the area of Jerusalem, and buried according to the prescriptions of Jewish law for a man who has died a violent and ignominious death. A miraculous proof of the crucifixion only? No. For this man, and the image is no longer on the cross, nor is he simply lying in a tomb. For the hair of the head falls as it would on a man standing up, yet the feet hang as from a man in midair. The Shroud of Turin is nothing less than the 3D photographic image of a first-century crucified Jewish man who has risen. What has the other side to respond? Sleeping guards at the tomb. For we hear from St. Matthew, when they were departed, behold, some of the guards came into the city and told the chief priests all the things that had been done. And they assembled together with the ancients, taking counsel and gave a great sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Say his disciples came by night and stole him away when we were asleep. And if the governor shall hear this, we will persuade him and secure you. So they, taking the money, did as they were taught. 
And this word was spread abroad among the Jews even unto this day. St. Augustine cannot contain his laughter. You bring forth sleeping witnesses. Well, if they were sleeping, what did they see? And if they saw nothing, how are they witnesses? Is it not you, rather, who sleep? What court in the history of jurisprudence would accept such evidence? No one can refute the truth of the resurrection. People can either embrace it with joy or keep their eyes closed in the sleep of sin and ignorance. Christians, do not lie quietly among the ranks of sleeping witnesses who refuse to stare the reality of the resurrection in the face. No one may dare call himself a historian without accepting the pivotal fact in all human history. God himself became man, died to save us from death, and rose to give us life. Proclaim, proclaim to everyone you meet the joy which you cannot contain. Resurrexit sicut dixit, he is risen as he said. Every Easter we must remind ourselves and all we meet that the resurrection is not a feeling. It is a fact. It is not just another article of our faith. It is the proof of all the articles, the one reality upon which they all depend. St. Paul proclaims, if Christ is not risen, your faith is vain. If there is no resurrection, we are the most pitiable of all men. If there is no resurrection, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Our faith is not vain. And after our Lenten fast, let us eat and drink as we celebrate the greatest truth of our faith, the one fact upon which all human reality is based. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death, and has given life to all those who are in the tomb. Let us return to the lawful pleasures we willingly gave up, but I hope with less attachment to them than we had 40 days ago. Whereas the apostle tells us, if you are risen with Christ, seek the things that are above, for Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Savor the things that are above and no longer the things of earth. As St. Gregory Nazianzen, glorious defender of the divinity of Christ, preached to his flock in the Church of the Resurrection in Constantinople so many centuries ago, it is the day of the resurrection. Let us then keep the festival with splendor and let us embrace one another. Let us say, brethren, even to those who hate us, much more to those who have done or suffered anything out of love for us, let us forgive all offenses for the resurrection's sake. Let us give one another pardon. Let us become like Christ, since Christ became like us. Let us become gods for his sake, since he for ours became man. He assumed the worst, that he might give us the better. He became poor, that we through his poverty might be rich. He took upon him the form of a slave, that we, we might receive back our liberty. He came down that we might be exalted, was tempted that we might conquer, dishonored that he might glorify us, died that he might save us, ascended that he might draw us to himself. 
us who are lying low in the fall of sin. Let us give all, offer all to him who gave himself a ransom and reconciliation for us. To him be all honor and glory unto ages of ages. Amen.